Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by somebody who has had an incredible healing journey, and by incredible, I really mean incredible. Somebody that's had over up to 18 health issues all at once based on an autoimmune disease and has turned her life around through the power of her mind, body, and spirit connection. This is a holistic program, and you're not going to want to miss it. Casey Kazmarek is here to share her wisdom of her healing journey and how you can live your best life. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. A few months ago, I was in Portland, Oregon, and I was there studying with one of my heroes, Robert Holden, who's an incredible coach, if you're not familiar with his work. Robert has done so many amazing things over time. He's collaborated with the great Louise Hay on a book called Life Loves You. He offers seminars all around the world um, based on all sorts of different topics, including uh, success intelligence, Life Loves You, The Hero's Journey. And I found myself in Portland studying with Robert at a conference put on by Hay House Publishing. At the conference, I was sitting in the second row and in front of me was this beautiful young woman that I came to know as Casey Kazmarek. And Casey uh, was just an incredible woman. She got up in the middle of the conference and asked some pretty bold questions to the CEO of Hay House and her courage, her confidence, learning a lot about her story over time as well has inspired me to have her here on the podcast today. Um, Casey is just, she's everything that you would want in a holistic health coach. She uh, works both with the mind, the body, and then the spirit too. She brings the spirit into her work. And she's going to explain in this conversation what it means to live mind, body, spirit. As well, um, another piece that I really love about Casey is just her ability to integrate nutrition into her work. And I've been... um, I've been gathering a list over the last few weeks since I knew Casey was coming on the podcast, a list of all of my questions around nutrition and uh, some of my own personal struggles with living a nutritious lifestyle. So she's going to answer some of those as well on this conversation in this conversation today. And uh, I just know that it's going to be inspiring. So um, this is a really, really great chance to sit back, take some notes if you need to, and connect with uh, Casey Kazmarek here on Let's Connect. So without further ado, meet Casey. I'm very excited to have Casey here with us on the podcast. Um, man, as I was saying, we we met kind of randomly, but synchronistically in Portland and have been friends ever since. And she has such an amazing story to share. So Casey, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Keith. I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor to chat with you today. Yeah, this is great. And you're you're right now in Portland, is that right? I am Portland, Oregon. And if I understand correctly, you're in your closet right now, literally. You seriously just shared that with everyone? Oh I think that's, my gosh. I think that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yes, yes, everyone. So I have three dogs um, and they, you know, bark. And so I didn't want them to interrupt our chat today. I love it. You know, I, this brings me right back to when I was a kid and I used to like get the echo of the bathroom when I was trying to practice sing. And it's like... There's certain places in the house that are just awesome for sound. It's and I think the closet sounds amazing over there in Portland right now. So it's <laughs> I think it does too. Thanks. Yeah, it's great. Well, I have so many questions for you, Casey. I um I wanted to start just by for people that aren't familiar with your work and who you are, if you could just give us a little bit of background about uh, your work as a health coach and what you're up to. Sure. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So I'm a holistic health and wellness coach. Um, I primarily work with women on cultivating self-love, prioritizing self-care, owning their own power, and just making their own needs um, one of their top priorities in their lives. I do have a master of arts in health and wellness coaching with a concentration in nutrition. And so while, while I work on these areas with other women, um, I do, like I said, take a holistic approach where I focus on the mind, body, and spirit. And my reason for doing this and why I believe it's so important is because of my own journey. Um, I was bedridden and sick for four and a half years. And a huge reason I believe that happened to me was because I didn't 
take care of myself and I didn't honor my own needs. And like many other women out there, I put everyone around me first. I wasn't taught growing up to take care of myself or that my needs and wants were a priority. And so I made those sacrifices over and over again. And so, you know, I'm kind of here to shake things up a little and make women feel really uncomfortable by giving them permission to give themselves permission to finally put their needs first. Oh, wow. That is like a serious mission and quest and so needed for actually... I would almost argue like not even women, men too, like everybody these days needs, needs a push towards that kind of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I do, I do work with men too, but yeah, my main focus is women, but you're right. You're absolutely right about that. I see that in both men and women. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. So let's like back all the way up. I'm just curious, uh, did your coaching stem then directly from being sick for four years and bedridden? Yeah. Yeah, actually it did. So I was a publicist in Hollywood, um, and fashion for 10 years and, um, you know, it was actually really pretty unfulfilling and unrewarding to me. So I started kind of drifting away from that. And then my husband and I started a film consulting company and we're running that together for about a year and a half or two before I got sick. Wow. It was just still very unfulfilling to me though. Um, I, I, I really didn't know what my calling or my purpose was. I was praying a lot about it. I was meditating a lot about it. I feel like I got a divine message, truly divine. And I felt called to become a holistic nutritionist. Um, and that's what I, I really believed I was meant to pursue. Wow. But then about two months after that divine message is when I got sick and I was so sick. I mean, we're talking like could not leave bed unless I was crawling to the bathroom. And so I thought, you know, I got, I honestly got a little mad at, at God for a bit because I was like, how could you give me this calling, which feels so divine and so right only to make me sick. But throughout my healing journey, I realized truly that, you know, that was the reason I was meant to get sick is because I had a message to share. And unfortunately I had to go through that. So I would be able to help other people, um, you know, walk their own path and heal from their, their own experiences the way I did anyway. Yeah. So I ended up finding a master's program in holistic nutrition. I entered that but what I realized in doing that is that it really had the, the body component, but not the mind and spirit. And again, my own healing journey allowed me to realize that the mind-body-spirit connection is so, so important for healing and just living a balanced, healthy, whole life. And that's when I switched to um, the health and wellness program um, wow. and got my master's degree in that. Unbelievable. So when you're speaking about mind-body-spirit, um, yeah, I'd love to hear sort of your perspective of what that exactly means to you. What is mind-body-spirit connection? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to be very blunt and (laughs) direct, it to me means, I mean, not ignoring any of those components of the self. Um, I truly believe that we are not just a physical being, but we also have a, we're spiritual being, but then there's a mental component of that too, that kind of links the two and is, and is very powerful. I mean, the mind is so incredibly powerful. And again, going back to my own healing journey, um, I use a lot of visualization, a lot of affirmations and mantras to believe that I was healed because there were conditions that people die from or end up with feeding tubes from that I had. And Yeah. And there were times where it was really easy to just get very down on myself and think that's going to happen to me. But, you know, there was the power of the mind. So that mind connection is really important. And then obviously the physical part was, you know, taking the right supplements, um, eating the right foods. I completely overhauled my diet, you know, making sure I'm moving my body regularly. Obviously when I was bedridden, that wasn't possible, but there were times where I would literally just move my legs up and down in bed or move my arms up and down because I knew again, something was better than nothing. Um, and then the spiritual component is, you know, I really believe that we are, you know, there's the saying that we're created from the same matter as the stars. And, you know, that there is something divine, this divine beloved, this spirit um, that guides us. And I think the majority of us have have that connection, that soul connection to something greater. And so, yeah, bringing those all together to live a whole, healthy, happy, enriching life. Yeah. Wow. I love how uh, concise, but um, so direct that is and, and how 
how true that is, all three parts working together. Yeah. And as you're talking about it, I, I'm just really taken back to by the, the journey of just your own health. And, and I wanted to slow down a little and go back into that because to be diagnosed with like an autoimmune disease that's like over 18 health issues, like that's yeah. pretty profound. And and I, from what I hear you say, like you've attributed that to, or you attributed that to feeling a bit burnt out, adrenal fatigue, like, yeah. How, how did, uh, <laughs> I'm just curious, like, how did you get to that point? And was it conscious? Well, um, the point, just to clarify, was, are you asking the point where I was so sick or? Yeah. yeah like to, to get to the point where you were so sick, like, were you um, consciously knowing that that was happening or at the time was it sort of just like randomly happening? That's such a great question. Um, no. So I was conscious of it for a while. So this started in my early 20s or mid-20s, I would say. And, you know, something I like to be very open about my story because I want, I'm hoping it'll give people comfort. And with your listeners, you know, hopefully sharing this will help someone out there who's had or is having the same issues. But like most Western medicine doctors, I was told I'm a hypochondriac. I have anxiety. It's all in my head. Uh Um, And it wasn't, I mean, it just wasn't, I had, you know, I've seen gastroenterologists, I had seen, you know, a regular physician, I mean, you know, on and on and on, I saw so many types of Western medical doctors, finally, one of them after years of me having, you know, severe and serious digestive orders tested me for an autoimmune disease. And so that's when I got that diagnosis. However, I went for a second opinion at one of the most highly rated teaching hospitals in the country. And they said, no, you were misdiagnosed. Um, And so I went on living my life normally after that. Lo and behold, my husband and I moved across the U.S. from Southern California to North Carolina. And um, I had actually had the swine flu in 2009 and was terrified of getting it again. So I had been told, get the, get the flu vaccine. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't feel like it was right for me, but I ended up getting it. And I had an allergic reaction. And um, from there, that's what snowballed into all of these health conditions. It just... Um, it did something to my immune system. It really triggered like an overdrive in my immune system. I mean, I had systemic candida and adrenal fatigue and something called gastroparesis and burning mouth syndrome and, you know, thyroid issues and on and on and on. Like you said, you know, over 18 conditions. Um, so just to go back to your original question. Yeah, I did know something was off for a while, but nobody would listen to me. And so it's so important for people to advocate for themselves. And, um, you know, as a holistic health and wellness coach, that's something I like to do for the people I work with is advocate for them and be that person who believes that they know themselves and their body better than anybody else. Right. Yeah. If there, there can be a lot of pushback to actually, um, and almost like a sense of not being able to trust yourself because the systems or the outer world's like, well, there's nothing that wrong with you, or it could be this or that. Um, like when did you get to the point where you, you finally felt like you were being heard? After I was very sick, um, I I had the weird reaction to the flu vaccine and I ended up getting some weird symptoms. I went to a dermatologist for like a regular annual checkup, showed him some weird spots I had on my tongue and he said, that's candida overgrowth. Mm. And he, he, was, he was brilliant. He was highly trained at like some of the top universities. And I said, you know, since you're, you're so smart, um, I was diagnosed a couple years ago with an autoimmune disease, but then I was told I didn't have that. And he said, no, once you have an autoimmune disease, you always have an autoimmune disease. So he recommended me to a rheumatologist. They reran all of my labs and then sure enough, you know, everything came back positive. Um, but I will say this as much, even though at that point I started to be heard, all of these other issues were coming up that were being dismissed and ignored. Mm. So it's a catch-22. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like so complicated having that many things happen all at once. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And I'm also I'm curious, too, as we're talking about this, I mean, there's lots of different ways to interpret uh, disease, right? Some people mm-hmm. are very literal about like the diagnosis and you take the medication. Other people kind of go into a more of a spiritual aspect of it. Yeah. How, how did you approach all of this? Like, what was your mindset like? 
at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's so great. And I hope like some of the things I'm going to say aren't too upsetting for you or your listeners. But um, (laughs) again, the mind, body, spirit connection, I will say at the very beginning, I did not handle it well Uh um, because I had never experienced anything like this. There were probably a handful of times where I was in unbelievable pain that I I can't even put into words. I can't even explain. And it's honestly very odd for me to even share because it's hard to remember. I've kind of like compartmentalized that part of my life. Mm. But there were a handful of times where I asked my husband to leave the house so I could kill myself. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I can say that fine and easy now, but I think it's really important to share that because People don't talk about having a chronic illness or feeling helpless and hopeless and being told there's nothing that can be done for you is, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, so at that point I realized like, I have to take this into my own hands. I have to do something for myself and literally bedridden. I got my laptop and I spent I mean, every waking moment, researching online, reading scientific journals, finding other people's blogs, um, reading books, watching DVDs, um, watching documentary films on healing. I literally soaked in everything I could, again, on the mind, body, spirit levels, and I just started putting them together. Um, I will say... I, I've always been like a person of faith. I've always been very spiritual, mm-hmm. not so much religious, but my spirituality really um, grew during that time because I realized I felt so alone and I needed something greater than myself to lean on. And so that was a huge component of it as well. Wow. Jeez, that's amazing. Um, what was sort of like the greatest influence or mindset that got you through it? Yeah. You know who I really love at the time I loved was Dr. Andrew Weil. Have you heard of him? I have. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I watched a lot of his DVDs and read a lot of his books on healing and implemented, um, a lot of his, his mindset, um, tools. Mm. Um, but since then I've incorporated so much, so much else. I mean, you and I talk a lot about Louise Hay and her book, you can heal your life. And so I, you know, I watched some of her DVDs as well and read her books and, um, incorporated a lot of, you know, positive affirmations to just change my mindset to believing like I could heal and not even could I heal that I am healed. You know, it's that whole theory and, and mindset of, don't think about what you want. Like, don't say I am going to be healed in the future. Say I am healed or I am successful or I am wealthy or whatever it is you want to believe before it even happens so that your mind can start really, um, rewiring itself. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. The power of affirmation is like so huge. I understand with, with the healing journey. And do you find like, it, it's not just mine, but you also got to feel like go into the feeling center of the body with affirmations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, when I actually practice affirmations, I, I do it during my meditation practice so that I can go into my body and really feel into it and, um, incorporate the practice of visualizations as well. Do you have an affirmation that you go to regularly or that you use regularly? Oh, yeah. I actually have about, I think it's eight that I, I, I start off every day with and, um, and during my morning meditation practice. Would you share some of them with us? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I have to close my eyes here. Not that you all can see, but I feel like I need to share that so I can remember them. Um, That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So one is I am happy. I am healthy. I am healed. I am thriving. I am vibrant. I am whole. So I always start with I am um, because, you know, those are two of the most powerful words in the English language. I am because it it sets our mindset around what our belief system. Um, I also, you know, say I am successful. I am smart. I am strong. Um, I say I deserve the best and I accept it now. All my needs, wants, and desires are met before I even ask. That's kind of, I tweak that from Louise Hay. Mm. Yeah. So those are, those are just a few of what I, what I use. Those are powerful. As you say them, I can hear the energy in you, like just your, your belief in them. And I imagine it wasn't always that way, right? Like I just, I think about somebody that's dealing with disease and a lot of times 
without knowing it, like their affirmation might be like, I'm sick or I want to end my life. Like you were saying, like, how do you make that switch over to actually buying into the new affirmation that you want? I personally, for me, it was, it was having purpose. So it goes back to, um, making my mess, my message, you know, I love that saying, make your mess, your message. And in the midst of being sick, I got out of myself. I stopped in in the sense that I stopped thinking about me and, and how could I use this journey and this experience and this mess, um, to positively impact and influence the lives of other people who were lost and scared and sick and in pain and suffering. And so that is really what my motivation and inspiration was, was this isn't about me. This is about other people and how I can be of service. Wow. That is an amazing sentiment. Make your mess your message. I thought like so I've never heard that. It's pretty amazing. Oh yeah. To, to I, I love that. I love that saying. <laughs> wow, like to shift into that way of being is it's almost miraculous what what's taking place. Yeah, I agree with you. I think so. You know, I have said that and sometimes it, it's hard, but I do say, wow, you know, I feel like a miracle. And I truly do because um I mean, truly, there were there were very few people who saw me in the condition I was, and it does feel like a miracle. I mean, I went whitewater rafting with my family and friends three weeks ago. Wow! You know, I went biking and and walking um, in the forest for two hours this past weekend. Things I thought would never be possible again. So yeah, it feels like a miracle. That's amazing. I'm like so happy that you're here on the planet, Casey, just to, to share <laughs> this too. to share this message, like. Unbelievable. And it's just a a gift that we've met. I um, also get a sense from you that sometimes you've had, especially in this journey, some moments of like the, um, the miraculous, like the spiritual, like um, perhaps even having like vision or just kind of confirmations or, you know, just confirmations that you're going to be okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I recall right, like you were even talking about being bedridden and perhaps having just the knowing that everything was going to be okay. Could could you share a little bit about that experience? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, gosh, I don't know if it sounds too weird or woo woo, but yeah. So I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier in our, in our chat already, but, um, you know, before I was like literally two weeks before I became very sick, I had, been in a deep meditation and body scan um, in my bedroom. And my husband was downstairs. The, the door was closed. There was nobody in there. And, you know, it, for actually a couple months leading up to that point, I had been, you know, talking to, if you call it God or spirit or universe. And, you know, I call upon the angels too. And I'm asking, like literally begging, please tell me my divine life purpose, because I really was so unfulfilled up to that point in my career path. And just didn't feel like what I was doing as a publicist or, you know, working in the entertainment industry was very meaningful. And I, I literally, this one night heard, it sounded like a man's voice, say holistic nutritionist. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, that is why I felt called to become a holistic nutritionist or just get into the holistic healthcare um, arena. And, And as soon as I heard that, it resonated so deeply in a way I have never experienced. Wow. And yeah, so from that point on, I started calling upon um, spirit and the angels more. And I do, I mean, I feel like I get divine messages. I use, you know, if you want to call it intuition or psychic abilities, I mean, I'm definitely not trained, but you know, I, I definitely feel like I get divine messages in my work and, and yeah, it's just an important part of the work I do. I, you know, I'm an empath. I'm a highly sensitive person. Yeah. I'm energetically sensitive. So it's, you know, when I, instead of ignoring it, I've just started to embrace it and I love it because I feel so much more connected to the divine and to other people. That's amazing. So to hear a voice, like, I mean, this is a real peak experience to hear this voice drop in and say, you are going to now be doing this and to trust it. I mean, pretty incredible. Do you, do you find like it comes on for you that, that intuition, that sort of sixth sense, so to speak, like, does it come on as a voice always? Or how do you connect to that place? No, no, that's the only time I've ever heard a voice. Wow. 
Um, yeah. And that was intense. And yeah, when you mentioned, you know, um, just basically like honoring that or going with it, it was so undescribably my truth at a soul level that it's, I knew it was divine because I, I had never even heard of a holistic nutritionist before I heard that voice. So it's not like I had made that up. Like I actually had to Google it and see if that was real. And now again, you know, I'm a holistic health coach, not a nutritionist now, but just hearing that got me started on the path to doing the work that I'm divinely called to do. Mm. And, um, with regards to your question about how I bring that in now and use that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I start, I start all of my coaching sessions or I lead into all of my coaching with meditation and I really just drop deep within myself. I mean, I think we all have the abilities to cultivate those gifts and it's just a matter of, of doing it and practicing it, strengthening it. And I think really trusting it, trusting that it's a safe space, that it's not scary, that it's not bad, but that again, we are spiritual beings with these gifts. Wow. When you talk about meditation, I mean, it, you make it sound very uh, easy, like it's very accessible for you. And yeah. I suspect there's probably some people listening going, well, that's nice for her, but like, how do I meditate? Like I try, I sit there and yeah. it's, my mind goes crazy. How do, how would you uh, recommend starting that, that practice? Yeah. Well, if somebody said exactly what you just said, I would lovingly respond with perfect, <laughs> perfect. That is meditation right really? there. Really? Really? Yeah, because if somebody is sitting there and they're like, I'm not doing it, I can't do it. What my mindfulness and meditation instructor, my original instructor taught me was just the act of attempting is doing it. Wow. And I agree with that. Sitting for a moment with your eyes closed and taking one breath is the beginning of a meditation or mindfulness practice. So that's where it starts. And that's what I love to tell people is you don't have to do it for 10 minutes or an hour or two hours. I mean, when I started, I actually started because a therapist suggested that I meditate and I was hesitant for months. And then I finally started practicing. And this was, gosh, almost eight years ago now. And I I started, okay, I'm going to do five minutes a month or five minutes, not a month, a day, a day, sorry. And I started every morning with five minutes and it felt like absolute torture Yeah. because before I got sick, right? Like I have like pre-Casey and post-Casey, but pre-sick Casey was always on the go, never stopped, always held her breath. I had anxiety. I had panic disorder. I mean, I was a mess in my head. I was not present. I was not purposeful. I was not mindful, but just that small act of five minutes a day started changing me. And the more I did it and the more I allowed myself to just be and not have to be perfect at it and just try it and just attempt it is, was such a joy and was so pleasant and pleasurable that, you know, now my meditation practices at least an hour every day. And, you know, I could keep going if I didn't have to get up and get to work and do all these things, right? That life requires of us. So wow. yeah, for anybody who says something like that, um, you know, I would just say, take, take a deep breath and clear your thoughts. Just focus on your breath for one breath. That is the place to start and you're doing it. Just as we're talking about it and you're kind of guiding that, I, I feel calmer. Like it's just amazing. And I totally love what you're saying. It's like, as soon as you attempt to be in it, you're in it. It's like, it's happening. So yes, beautiful. exactly, exactly. And it's important to do it without judgment, right? Because in life, we are just judging ourselves left and right. We're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. I didn't, you know, I have to do more. More. But what I love about the practices of mindfulness and meditation is that they it's we're giving ourselves permission to just be human. Yes. You know, again, it goes back to that saying, we aren't human doings, we're human beings. Yes. And there's very little opportunity in life to just be a human being. Is, isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Something you said triggered me here around um, pre-Casey and post-Casey, like pre-being yeah. uh, ill and then after. And yeah. um, you talked about sort of the, the anxious and anxiety part of you that was kind of pre and... I'm always curious about this, especially uh, for people that get into the wellness after going through something like you have. And when, once you start realizing, okay, well, there's, there's so much to this career and it's, uh, 
it has its own kind of anxiety. If, if I were to be transparent, I mean, I experienced this too. It's like, so true. there's so much, I mean, for just keeping a business running from like social media. And for me, it's like this podcast and then keeping all your clients together. And it's like, you're trying so hard to like practice what you've learned yet not go to anxiety again. How, do you find that that's ever a challenge for you in the post version of where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's such a great question. I'm so glad you are bringing that up because it, it's so honest. Um, you know what? It's not anxiety like I once had. So I think what I would call normal human anxiety, exactly what you just described, which is, you know, as human beings, we all have worries and fears and um, things that make us feel uncertain. That to me is normal, healthy anxiety. What I experienced was debilitating anxiety and panic attacks before I was sick and before I changed and cultivated this new lifestyle and mindfulness and meditation practice. I mean, it was to the point where, you know, I would have to pull over 10 times um, while I was driving on the side of the street because I literally couldn't go more than a couple blocks at a time without having a panic attack. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, or being in an elevator because I would get claustrophobic. So um, I think, yes, I think there's normal, like I said, healthy anxieties, but then there's debilitating ones. I never get the debilitating type of anxiety anymore. I say I'm like completely healed of that. Mm. Um, and again, I attribute it to you know, just living a very healthy, mindful lifestyle. I will say my diet is completely different now than it was before I got sick. I mean, it's all organic, haven't had alcohol or, or um, you know, sh sugar or processed foods in over five years. Wow. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend that for everyone because it's very strict uh, with my own clients. I believe in living a very balanced, healthy life. But for me, it's what's kept me thriving and healthy. And I do attribute part of my anxiety issues, um, being healed because of the diet I, I eat, right? Like our diet, our nutrition does, it isn't just fuel for our body, but it's fuel for our minds. Oh, wow. That's really important to share that. Uh, you know, just talking about that piece too, like the work that you're doing, you, you mentioned that originally you got into holistic, um, nutrition and then yeah. it's kind of moved into holistic health coaching. Yeah. And I'd love for you to just explain, like, what is the difference to you between those two, um, yeah, perspectives? holistic nutrition and coaching. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, an approach to holistic nutrition is, 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 primarily a focus on a holistic diet, right? So focusing primarily with clients on what they're putting into their bodies, what they're consuming, what they're eating yep. and um, how that naturally and holistically affects their bodies. Um, that doesn't take in, like we said, that mind, body, spirit connection altogether as a coach. Um, the difference is that I go beyond nutrition. I dig really deep into my clients' lives, their hearts, their minds, um, deep underlying issues and roadblocks and helping them clear those. Mm -hmm. Because for me personally, my belief is it's great to change what you put into your body. But if you're not changing what you feed your mind or your soul, the what you feed your body as far as food and diet can only change so much. Wow. <laughs> That's really powerful. Thank you for yeah. that. Thanks. So, um, yeah, I also am just curious. So what is, what does it look like when you sit down with a client and work with them? Yeah. Um, gosh, that's <laughs> a great question. And it, it's so varied from person to person, you know, in my work, um, as a coach, it's important to me to meet each and every individual where they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are ready to just make huge lifestyle changes and others are, you know, maybe willing to take baby steps. Um, so first and foremost, just um, finding out where each unique individual is at in their own journey, um, where their unique goals are at. And yeah, I mean, gosh, I, it's like, it's hard to, I feel like it's hard for me to answer that because it's hard to describe the coaching process per se. I mean, you know, you're a coach. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I'll just say, um, I like to empower my clients. Um, I give them my full support. I believe in being their biggest cheerleader and advocate. Um, 
I use meditation and mindfulness practices in teaching them that. I really believe in teaching them, um, you know, to prioritize, like I said earlier, their own self-care, their own personal needs Mm. and using, you know, in, in shifting a lot of the work I do is around shifting mindset. Because again, as I talked about in my own personal journey, I mean, anything we want to achieve in life, anything we want to do really starts with what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. So, that story. Totally. Yeah, exactly. The stories that we're creating in our own minds. And so it's really working on, um, a lot of times with my clients where their belief system is now, and then what they want for their lives. And so I help them make that transition into shifting their mindset to the, the person they want to become. Mm, that's a great perspective. Who, who do you want to become versus where you are? I love it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, you know, for, I don't know if any, you know, if your listeners aren't familiar with coaching, you know, coaching is, is different from psych, psychology um, and that psychology focuses on the past, but coaching focuses on where you are currently, but, and where you want to be, which is why it's so empowering. And it's why I'm so passionate about coaching and I love it so much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just hearing you talk a little bit about it. I'm so excited to dive into a session with you at some point. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> so good. Uh, back to the, the nutrition part, which I think is really unique that you're, you're integrating that into your work. Um, yeah. like you mentioned earlier, like diet and how people choose to, what people choose to eat. I mean, it's a pretty challenging and obscure thing these days with the way <laughs> our food is, um, manufactured, processed, delivered. I mean, it's, uh, it, it can be pretty challenging, as you said, to get on a strict diet of like organic, no sugars, all that. Like what would be sort of, if you could give us a couple of suggestions, um, generally speaking to just kind of improve our health when it comes to diet. Like what would be some of the first steps that you would take, generally speaking, because I'm sure it's very subjective to person to person. Yeah, that no, no, that's a great question. And I mean, I definitely have my opinions of that. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear. Re yeah, remove highly processed foods and refined sugars. You know, um, so when you look on a package, if it, if it has more than, you know, three to five ingredients, you probably shouldn't be eating it. It's probably not that great for you because at that point, it's it's likely not even real food anymore. Wow. And um, if it, even if it's fortified, you know, marketers of major brands like cereal brands, for in instance, will say, oh, well, this cereal's fortified with vitamin D. My gosh, you know, you can get that in, in a natural uh, source of a whole food. Um, so, you know, I don't, I'm not really a proponent of fortified foods either because they're usually so processed. So yeah, removing highly processed foods and, um, refined sugars from your diet. I would say if you're drinking soda or sugary drinks, remove those from your diet. Also, um, stop eating fast food. I, there, I, there is no fast food in my opinion that is healthy. I mean, it, you know, I'm not talking about like the, the juice bar or the smoothie per se. Um, but you know, I'm talking about the McDonald's of the world and yeah. the Burger Kings and the Wendy's that really aren't, aren't benefiting anyone or anything. I mean, I recently was doing research on highly processed foods and, um, some of these fast food restaurants have, you know, 60 to 100 ingredients. And when you really look at them, they're actually chemicals. Oh. They aren't even real foods. And this explains why obesity is an epidemic and diabetes is killing people and autoimmune disease and on and on and on. So, yeah, those would be my major, my main and major takeaways to anyone who's just wanting to start to make a shift in their diet. Wow. And a couple of follow-up questions to this that are just yeah. totally coming up. One, yeah. we're so busy as a culture and it's so hard like there's kind of this um this block that can come up for a lot of people of like it's so hard to eat healthy because I don't have time I it's just easier to go to the store and like a McDonald's and get a burger like what how did how can a busy person integrate some of what you're saying Absolutely. Great question. Well, I will start, <clears throat> excuse me, by sharing that I work over 60 hours a week uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I've been in graduate school. So if I can do it, you know, then I do believe other people can do it who are also busy. The tips I like to give people are, um, the great thing now is that grocery stores often have pre-packaged and pre pre-washed produce, including lots of dark leafy greens, carrots, um, zucchini noodles, squash noodles. So 
you don't have to do the washing and the prepping with those. You literally can like go get a container of dark leafy greens, or you can go get a container of zucchini noodles and throw them in some olive oil with a couple smashed cloves of garlic and you have a meal. Um, you know, the, and then of course, like meal prep, meal prep has been a big thing for a few years now, but choosing, you know, a couple of hours on the weekend or one evening a week, which is what I like to do. And I, I prep for the entire week and then I have glass Tupperware because in case anyone isn't, um, you know, aware of this, throw out that plastic Tupperware because of all the chemicals when you're reheating glass is better. Mm. Um, but yeah, I throw, you know, uh, portions into glass um, containers and I freeze them and I pull them out and defrost them for the week and I reheat them. And it's super easy. Yes, it takes some forethought and planning, but it's one day out of the week. And here's the thing. If people say that they don't have time to feed themselves or their families nutritious meals, I mean, think about your one precious life, you know, because someday this will catch up with you. It's not if it's when, and I'm sorry to say that as a harsh reality, but I love and care about human beings, whether I know you or not so much that, and what I went through because I didn't take care of my own health and I didn't eat the right foods and I did not love and honor and nurture myself in mind, body and spirit. I know what can happen. And I want to help other people, um, you know, not go through the same thing I did. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about your work is that, I mean, you're a living, breathing example of somebody that has had to go through a really tough transition in, into health, uh, back into health. So it's, uh, yeah. Okay. A few more, yeah. uh, a couple of things yeah. here. I'm also Absolutely. curious about your thoughts on vitamins, um, yeah. and supplements. What do you think mm -hmm. about that? Um, based on our Oof. diet, our current diet? Yeah. Our, you mean like the current Western diet that's yeah. typical? Yeah, the current yeah, Western I mean, diet. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're, well, I mean, I know you're in Canada, you know, I'm here in um, the United States, but so the standard American diet, which if anyone can't put it two and two together, the acronym for that is SAD and it's SAD <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is a SAD diet and it does not really focus on nutrient density. So that being the case, you likely will need supplements and you likely will need vitamins. Um, I certainly have needed them as part of my healing process, yeah. but I've had very specific testing from a highly trained functional medicine doctor to take supplements and um, vitamins that, you know, a Western, normal Western medicine doctor, um, like an allopathic doctor would have never been able to prescribe or test me for, but I do believe that they should be temporary. Right. And that's what a lot of highly trained um, healthcare professionals do believe too. Um, they shouldn't be a band-aid for the rest of your life, which is what medication is these days, right? Heart medication, diabetes medication, blood pressure medication. Yes. These, unless, unless you're born with these conditions, um, these are all preventable and reversible. And really it's a matter of exercising and just eating right. So supplements and, and, um, vitamins, yes, they absolutely play a role, um, in our diets. But if you are able to eat a nutrient dense, well-balanced diet and you're getting in the right amount of protein and you're getting in, you know, eating a ton of vegetables and fruits, you, you likely won't need them because I actually do know quite a lot of people who do take good care of themselves and they don't need any of those things. Is there a way to know what vitamins you need and not need? Like, how would you figure that Testing. out? Testing. Go to, a, go to a doctor or a lab. Yeah, my best recommendation for that is always to go to um, a highly trained medical professional. Personally, I am not the biggest fan of allopathic, you know, if no one knows what that means, Western <laughs> medicine, yeah. just to clarify, yeah. um, just because they won't necessarily test for vitamin and mineral levels in the right way. They'll test them for the way that the insurance will pay for and approve mm. and beyond um, standard vitamins like vitamin D, um, they can't test for a lot of other ones because insurance just won't cover it. Right. So again, I recommend find a naturopathic doctor, find a functional medicine or integrative doctor who can test for these for you. Oh, this is so helpful. How about uh, carbonated waters? This is a totally other question about nutrition. So like the, these like Perrier waters or the, um, 
the flavored uh, waters that people drink. Like, what is your take on that in terms of health? Well, yeah, if they um, have sugar, I would, you know, or stevia or artificial sweeteners. I, again, I'm not a, a huge proponent or a fan of them. They're empty calories. They're not pre- providing any nutritional value. Yep. I will say personally, I am guilty of drinking um, the quote unquote natural flavored waters. I've done a lot of research on them. Um, and what, and I've called the companies and I've talked with them like the LaCroix or the polar seltzer. They actually use from what they say, the distilled, um, or they, they use the essences of the actual fruit or herbs that go into the flavoring of those waters. So mm. Personally, for me, because I only drink water and decaffeinated herbal tea, they are a treat for me. Um, so I do drink them. I mean, they have no nutritional value. It's, it's other than it's water. Right. You know, so if, I mean, I know there are a lot of people, I do work with a lot of people who um, have difficulty drinking water. They hate drinking water. So a lot of time I'll say, well, you know, I'll suggest either infusing water with fresh fruits and, and vegetables like cucumber, as well as herbs, or if they want to change it up a little bit, then, you know, not making, not allowing all their water intake on a daily basis to be carbonated water, but to supplement with some of that is okay. Right. Okay. Wow. This is so helpful talking to you about this stuff. Uh, okay. One more piece on that is yeah. uh, another thing I noticed. I mean, we are consuming so much sugar on yes. our planet, like more than ever. I think I heard Wayne Dyer once talking about this and he was like, back in the day, I think the average person consumed like 36 grams of sugar or something. And now it's like, I mean, that's just like one more. soft drink, one yeah, pop, right? Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And I find myself like hooked. Um, after a meal, I always want, like, I'm just craving like chocolate or I'm craving mm-hmm. a dessert and I know it's bad for me, but it's like this, uh, um, habit to want to just going, Oh, I need some chocolate just to sweeten up the aftertaste and all that. Yeah. Is there any suggestions on how to like kick that habit or minimize it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. Thank you for asking it. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, something I work with a ton of people on, um, so a couple of things here. Let me ask you first. Is it are you are you experiencing this only after dinner or after every meal? It's usually after dinner and it, yeah. I think it's associated to like memory of being a kid and the yeah. fun of dessert and yeah. Yeah, so that's part of it. Another part of it is biological and that um, our hormones are shifting and we're getting ready for bed and our cortisol is dropping at night. And so um Sometimes people get cravings later, like in the afternoon slump or even at night um, because they're tired and the body, the brain even is craving energy and sugar is a form of energy for our bodies. Mm. Um, sometimes, yes, it is associated, like you're saying, with childhood and memories or comfort. Um, but a lot of times I find for the people I work with, it's hormonal. And again, related to like those those cortisol levels or possibly another hormone in the body. Um a couple of things, eat a really satisfying dinner if it's at nighttime or even at lunch. A lot of people, like I said, get that afternoon slump, you know, making sure that it's packed full of really filling nutrient dense fiber from vegetables, right? Lots of veggies, mm-hmm. cruciferous vegetables, leafy greens, things like that. Then also some really healthy lean protein. Um, that's how I, I tend to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's, it's very filling. Um, the body is getting what it needs. You know, if you you tend to eat a, a, a carb-rich meal, like for lunch or dinner, you're going to tend to continue to crave carbohydrates because your body isn't fully being nourished. It's not getting what it needs to sustain the energy that it needs. Huh. Um, yeah. So that's what I like to recommend to people and eating maybe just a smaller portion of carbohydrates and allowing them to be complex carbs, like some steamed or baked sweet potato is always great. Or, you know, even maybe a whole gluten-free grain. Um, another thing is, you know, what are healthy quote unquote treats? A lot of people really like treats. And again, you know, sugar triggers the reward system in our brain and research shows that sugar has the same effects on our brain as cocaine yeah. and even, and even more so. Wow. So I think for a lot of people, we live in a stressed, high, high, um, high, fast paced. No. <laughs> yeah. Fast paced. Thank you. Fast paced in demand world. And 
our brain is looking for feel-good hormones by the end of the day. Oh, totally. You know, we want to be rewarded. We want that high because again, going back to those hormones, those hormones are dipping and we're kind of feeling blah at the end of the day or at nighttime. So having that sugar is a stimulant and it, it goes back to that reward center. It triggers it and it makes us feel good. So maybe some fruit, um, you know, maybe some nuts. Yeah, you know, a little square or two of dark chocolate, which there is sugar-free dark chocolate. Um, you know, I also like to talk to people about non-food rewards, go for a walk, drink some water. Um, I have a cup of, um, herbal, herbal, so decaffeinated chai tea with some steamed unsweetened vanilla coconut milk every night after dinner. That's my treat. So, you know, finding those alternatives, that still feel like a reward and feel pleasant and pleasurable, but not in the same way as sugar. Ugh. Casey Kazmarek, you are like absolutely incredible. <laughs> I could oh, talk to thanks. you for I could talk to you for hours about this. I man, it's just so inspiring to talk to somebody that is just living mind, body, spirit, like literally living it. And um I'm what I'm so appreciating about you and, and since the day I met you is you've got this incredible ability to just the energy and the confidence in you to um to really make your mess your message, like to really proclaim some of this stuff and make it known and it's just this this amazing brave heartedness in you. Oh, I'm just it's just amazing. You're I, uh, sweet. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm just so excited for people to to stay in touch with you and perhaps work with you. I how can I actually I'll, just, I'll give them your website. It's um healthcoachkc.com, right? That's probably yeah, the best absolutely. place. www.healthcoachkc.com yes. and for anybody listening that um, is, is, you know, if this is landing for you and resonating for you, you got to reach out and connect with Casey. I know she has so much wisdom on so many levels to share. So it's, uh, wow, what a gift. This has been such a gift to talk to you. I, I hope you'll consider coming back on the show because I have so many more questions for you, but oh, we're yeah. getting close to the end of time here this this yeah. episode. Yeah. Any, any last uh, bits of wisdom or uh, things you want to share, Casey, just to let open floor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to anyone who's listening, um, who maybe feels lost or out of sorts or is sick or suffering or doesn't know, you know, just anything I've been in all of those places, you know, I I've hated myself. I haven't loved myself. Um, I've been obviously very sick. I've been very lost, very confused. And I just want whoever is listening, you know, to know that you are worthy, your life matters, you're precious, you're special, you're important, and you are loved, you know, and there isn't anything that's impossible for your life. And, um, you know, just one person, one person believing you, even if it's a stranger on a podcast, um, you know, can make a difference. And yeah, so I just, I just want people to know that they're loved and that they deserve more. They deserve anything they want in their lives and that it's possible. Oh, well, love is coming right back to you, Casey. You're incredible. And it's Thank you. been a gift having you here on Let's Connect. And um, we really look forward to staying in touch with you too. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Keith. This was amazing. I appreciate your time. You bet, Casey. Thanks. All right. Well, I am convinced that tonight I'm not going for one of those cheesecakes for dessert. I'm going to do something more healthy, like a sweet chai tea with not too much sugar in it. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that podcast interview as much as I did. Casey is an absolute inspiration. Be sure to check her out one more time. Her website is www.healthcoachcasey.com. Don't miss uh, the opportunity to connect with her online and perhaps even get a coaching session with her uh, in the near future. Thanks everybody for listening this week. Thank you for being such a supportive community. And I really look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Let's Connect.